This is a missions podcast with Ashley Kim, episode two. everyone and welcome back to the emissions podcast presented by Livius and hosted by yours truly Ashley. For those of you who don't know through this podcast we here at Livius are hoping to be able to provide you with some helpful tips and guides when it comes to applying to colleges. This also includes giving you some free insight about what it's like to be a student at any of the colleges in the United States. So today I will be interviewing a current student and an alumni from Brandeis University. Some quick facts about Brandeis University. It was founded in 1984 and is named after Louis Brandeis, who was the first Jewish justice of the U.S. Supreme Court. Brandeis is located in Waltham, Massachusetts, just nine miles west of Boston, and it's a private research university with a liberal arts focus. As of fall 2019, there is a little under 4,000 students for undergraduate school and a little over 2,000 for grad school. Students to faculty ratio is 10 to 1. And the 50th percentile for SAT is around getting a 1440 out of 1600. Its acceptance rate is around a 30%. It has more than 200 clubs and organizations and 19 varsity sport teams. <laughs> All right, let's start the interview. First off, I want to introduce, uh, I have two people on the call with me right now. I have Kimmy, who is a current Brandeis student, and I also have Jason, who is a Brandeis alumni. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Kimmy and have her introduce herself. Uh, Kimmy, why don't you take over and kind of just give a brief introduction introduction of who you are, uh, when you're graduating uh, slash graduated, um, what you're majored in, and anything else that people might find relevant or useful to know. Sure. So hi, guys. My name is Kimmy, as Ashley mentioned, and I am currently in a master's program at Brandeis for international economics and finance, and I'm concentrating in economic analysis and consulting. I also did my undergraduate at Brandeis, so it's kind of a BAMA program. So I started this master's program my senior year. So that means I just graduated in the spring with my bachelor's with majors in psychology and economics, as well as minors in business and architecture. Uh, so I kind of took a myriad of different courses. So it's a lot of different experiences there, but that's just a little background about where I am now. Great. That's awesome. So it sounds like you majored in a lot of different areas, which is really interesting. And I definitely want to talk a lot about that because I feel like a lot of Brandeis students usually come out with multiple majors or multiple minors. Um, and I think that's kind of a perk of going to a liberal arts school. Um, Jason, why don't you take over and also give a little introduction when you graduated, what your majors were? Sure. Uh, my name is Jason Breitkopf. I am Brandeis class of 1994. So just had my 25th reunion last year. Um, I majored in history with no concentration and theater arts with a concentration in acting directing. And I just missed out on a, a medieval studies minor by one course. I just couldn't fit in with all my theater courses. Um, after that, uh, I went on and got an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts in directing for theater and film, and then an, um, an MED, a Master of Education in Arts and Learning. Wow, that's so interesting. Was this all done at Brandeis? No, 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 no. That's why, I mean, I went, Brandeis was a launching point and okay. um, the theater major at, at Brandeis inspired me to get more into uh, theater and film. And eventually I moved out to California where I went to a school out there for my MFA. And then uh, in the film and theater biz, you either make a lot of money or no money. And so when you make no money in theater and film, you get a job somewhere else. And for me, it was easiest to get a job teaching. And I started out subbing in California and eventually uh, went on to do tutoring and then running tutoring centers and teaching at high schools. And so when I moved back east, uh, I decided to continue with that and got an MED so I could take management positions in uh, for-profit education companies and uh, apply for full-time teaching positions. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I know you mentioned that you um, uh, majored in theater. Um, what was that like for you? Because I know that theater is a pretty popular major at Brandeis um, and there's you know a lot of really amazing productions that are set up at Brandeis. Um, did you enjoy theater? How was that like for you? I had an amazing experience in the theater department. Um, uh, Spingold 
or the big top hat, as we used to call it back in the day. Um, I loved being in the building. I loved taking all the classes there. I loved working with the faculty and the master students. Uh, I'm actually still very close with a lot of the uh, MFA acting students who I met when I was at Brandeis, as well as many of my other theater majors. Um, not only did I get to participate in productions in the department, both as crew, because that was required for the major, but acting and directing in different productions there. But also Brandeis has a really robust uh, student-run theater program. Um, back when I was doing it many, many years ago, uh, we had a busted up old theater in this building called Ford Hall, which was famous for having been the administration building back in the 60s that the students took over time and time again. Um, Ford Hall has long since been destroyed and replaced with a, an amazing, beautiful new um, student center, which it, when I say new, I mean, it's already 15 years old, but it was new, you know, in between the time I graduated and now. And there's a beautiful theater in there where all the student run productions happen. Um, but there's a lot of theater organizations that still exist that I was a part of back in the day. Great. Speaking of different buildings around Brandeis, Kimmy, I know that, you know, Brandeis is known to have a lot of um, a mix of modern and old styles buildings. You know, Brandeis was very popular for the castle, which I know recently it got knocked down. I know Jason's sad about it. Um, a part of it is still up, but now we have a new building called the Skyline, which is a residential building. What was your experience like living at Brandeis? Did you live in dorms all four years of your undergrad, um, especially for freshman year? Like, how was that like? Was the room small? Were you kind of shoved in there with two other students? Do you want to talk about your dorm experience? Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of people at Brandeis have very different dorm experiences, but I do believe that Brandeis requires freshman students to live in dorms, at least for the first year. And then you have the option to move off campus or stay on campus. Personally, I lived in dorms for the first three years, well, really two and a half because I went abroad for the second half of my junior year and then lived off campus senior year. Freshman year is definitely the toughest dorm, um, which tends to happen as kind of you're placed with random roommates, um, which I think has you know pros and cons. Pros being that you get to meet students that you probably would not have necessarily met just around campus, but cons being you may not really match with them um, personally, the, I was in a forced triple, which is, so they have natural triples and forced triples. Natural triples are, you know, made for three people. They have the space to have three people, whereas forced triples are a typical double room, but they have a bunk bed on one side and a lofted bed on the other. So you have three desks and three beds in one small room, which was definitely tough. Uh, we made it work <laughs> and my roommates were very nice, but, uh, needless to say, I did not spend a lot of time in my freshman year dorm room. Um, but as the years went on, I had a great uh, living situation. Sophomore year, there were just two of us in a double room. And junior year, we have uh, more of a kind of suite style living. So there's one big common room and then five or six other rooms that are all single rooms, which was awesome. Um, that was a great way to like be with a bunch of your friends, but also have your own space. And then senior year was great too. I lived off campus with a couple other friends, but very close to the school still. Um, so it definitely depends on what buildings you're in um, while you're living on campus. Skyline, as um, Ashley mentioned before, is a beautiful new student dorm building. And I know some people that live there and really loved it. Yeah, I hear that Skyline is kind of, you know, it's known for its like glass um, architecture. Um, and when the sun sets, it like hits on it really nicely. So you get these beautiful reflections. Um, but that did get replaced by the castle. The castle was a very, you know, monumental building of Brandeis and Brandeis was known to have a castle that a lot of people really liked. And I know that a lot of alumni were upset about it. Um, Jason, did you ever get a chance to live in the castle? Cause I know probably by the time <laughs> Kimmy was there, the castle was in the process of being taken down. So she probably didn't get a chance to live in it. Uh, but what about you, Jason? Did you get to experience the castle life? I did. I lived in the castle sophomore year. I <laughs> loved living in the castle. Uh, not only, was it a beautiful building? Um, it was 
and it was an insane building because of the way it was constructed. I don't know if either of you know the some of the rumors and stories about the building, and I'm happy to share them with listeners, especially prospective students, in just a few minutes. But I lived there sophomore year, and the other thing I loved about it was it was 24-hour quiet hours. And that was my favorite thing about it uh, because when I'm in – like I'm not a quiet person. I'm a loud person, but I like to be loud outside, <laughs> doing theater, making short films, in class, having discussions, debates, um, doing fun stuff on campus, protesting, whatever. I'll be loud as you want me to be. But in my dorm room, I wanted to be really quiet. Like, I love sleep. Sleep is beautiful. And I've always loved sleep. It's not an old person thing. You know, I love sleep when I was in college. Uh, so I love the 24-hour quiet hours. I loved having only a few neighbors because each section of the dorm was really uh, cut off from the other. So it was a really good experience. And then I lucked out in that my, it was my sophomore year. Um, my roommate left the dorm halfway through the second semester because he was super wealthy and wanted to get a, uh, an apartment off campus that his parents uh, basically bought him a, a condo. And it was nice having a super wealthy roommate because he then left and then I had to, and they didn't find anybody to replace him because the castle as a 24 hour quiet hours building was not always the most popular. So I got that room to myself for the second half of the second semester, which was really great. Um, and I was right near Chumley's, which was the cafe. And I, I hope Chumley's is still there. Um, I was in uh, a sketch comedy troupe on campus called Boris's Kitchen and we performed there a lot and I did some uh, music stuff down there and so it was just a ton of fun to be really close and and live the castle life sophomore year so yeah I didn't live there all four years just sophomore year <laughs> yeah for those of you who don't know Chumley's is kind of like this um area where a lot of performances happen anywhere anything from acapella to theater to you know improv uh, but now I believe that Chumley's is still there um, but it, they've changed it a little bit to kind of make it more into cafe vibe so it's a lot bit more low-key uh, but I do still believe sometimes they hold events there you know at night especially they have a lot of fun like parties and dances in there um, that are obviously monitored by the school but have a lot of like nice vibes um, and it's a lot of fun for students. Yeah, when I was, shortly before I started going to Brandeis, uh, there was this really unknown folk artist from Boston. I think she went to BU who uh, would perform there because she couldn't get a, a gig on campus at BU. Um, and then she stopped performing there because she had a hit record. It was Tracy Chapman. So I missed out on her by about a semester. So I never got to see her before she hit it big. But she used to play Chumley's like once a month. Mm -hmm. And we were always waiting like, for our next Tracy, like who, who let's go down there and see who's playing. Cause maybe it'll be the next Tracy Chapman who'll take off. So, but it didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, so let me tell you at least one story about the castle. Um, the castle, uh, there was a rumor that the school would not allow freshmen to live in the castle. You had to be a sophomore or higher level because there were hallways that led to nowhere and freshmen would get lost and trapped. And then if you went in the wrong direction, you'd find skeletons of lost freshmen. <laughs> now, of course, that was always on the tour. And, and when they told you when you moved into the building, I think it was just a, you know, this fun little thing. Obviously, no one ever died. But you but I always wondered if somebody placed like a, a skeleton somewhere at the top of one of the towers, just in case somebody went exploring like a little like plastic skeleton. But I never found one. Yeah, I think there are a lot of like funny little rumors around Brandeis. Um, I know that there's one about, there's something like below, there's, we have this famous thing on, at Brandeis called the rap steps, right? There, there are these like steps that are just go up this big hill and it's, it's tortured to kind of walk up it in the morning when you have class on the other side. Um, but apparently there's some like science kind of building or whatever under the rap steps. And that's where they like trap students or whatever. I, I don't know. I heard a rumor about that. And I was like, that's scary. When I went to, to Brandeis, the rumor was that's where part of the Manhattan Project was done. And so the steam that came out of the vents was actually fumes from a nuclear reactor. <laughs> so the rumors apparently change over time. It was just, you know, the steam from the from the, the pipes to heat the buildings because yeah. it was uphill. But, you know, oh, don't 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 step through that steam. It could be, you know, nuclear. You, you could glow in the dark if you step through that steam. So <laughs> rab steps are hard enough without having to dodge steam because it's like 100 steps. And I know it's not that many, but it feels like you're 100. It feels like you're climbing that famous hill in the mountains of China going to that big monastery at the top that they always <laughs> use in the movies. It's like, uh, I got to get to my humanities class. <laughs> uh, that's climbing the rab steps. 
Definitely. And it especially doesn't get any easier, especially when it gets like cold out and it's snowy and it's just, ugh. the steps are also super narrow. So if you miss one, you're just going to fall down the hill. Um, not to scare students. <laughs> just kidding. Um, all right. Let's kind of talk about Brandeis in general. Like, well, Kimmy, when you were applying for colleges, like was Brandeis your top choice or was it just something that like, how did you come across Brandeis? Because Brandeis University is actually really well known for its research. Um, obviously, the students um, get an opportunity to major in a lot of different subject areas. Uh and but it's not very like well known in some sense like you know even though it is near boston um it's not well known as bc or bu even though it's just as great of a school um how did you come across brandeis uh what was it in terms of ranking and do you remember what gpa and test score you had when it came to applying to these schools yeah sure so Brandeis was definitely not initially on my radar, kind of snuck up on me. I am from the Boston area, so it is local to me as well, but I just didn't really know much about it until my senior year when one of my academic advisors at my high school actually told me about it. Um, and I just kind of applied to it on a whim and didn't really think that much else about it and was kind of looking at other schools. But then once I actually got into Brandeis and went on a tour and accepted students day, I was kind of thinking like, oh, this is actually a lot different than I thought it was and kind of looks like a really interesting school. Um, and just going back to like test scores and stuff, I don't remember my exact GPA, but weighted it was um, over a little over a 4.1 in high school. And I got a 2140 on my SATs. And this was back when it was out of 2400. Yeah. And ACT, I got a 34 and I believe it was out of 36. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Brandeis was kind of something I just applied to in the background, you know, just as kind of another option, but what ended up really drawing me to the school were kind of two or actually really three different things. Um, one of which was that they had this BAMA program that I mentioned that I'm in now um, earlier, because really I, when I was applying to colleges, I did not know what I wanted to do because I loved so many different subjects. So what I liked about Brandeis is that, the, and this program especially, was that it allowed me to have that knowledge that I'm going to end up graduating with a master's in econ and finance. Um, so it's like very like stable, but that undergraduate, I could major in anything. So it really allowed me to explore and take a bunch of different classes. Like as you heard, I ended up, you know, taking a lot of like architecture, business, psychology. Um, I also loved taking classes in the legal studies department. Like I really went all across the board. So it allowed me to become like a very well-rounded student um, while also graduating with like a very strong base in one particular area as well. Um, but then the other thing that really drew me to Brandeis was that during accepted students day, and at this point I'd gone on so many college tours, it was ridiculous. And they all kind of felt the same and, you know, all the schools brag about themselves. But what I noticed about Brandeis that I really loved was that it wasn't that they were talking about how good they were, but how passionate everybody was about what they did. So it was like very clear when you're speaking to professors or other students that they all really, really cared about what they were doing and really wanted to share and spread that knowledge. So that was something that really stuck out to me um, during Accepted Students Day and that kind of carried through going through Brandeis because I don't know, talking to other friends from my high school, it really stood out to me how different the professors were in terms of not just their expertise, but that how much they really had passion for what they were doing. So I think that's kind of what drew me there. Right, yeah, Brandeis definitely has a lot of very experienced and knowledgeable professors who have been doing amazing projects. You know, I don't know if either of you heard recently, but with the uh, COVID vaccine, you know, we have a Brandeis alumni who's been leading the research that's been helping um, Pfizer with the development of the vaccine, COVID vaccine, which is incredible. And that's just one of very, you know, many different things that Brandeis students and Brandeis professors have been part of. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that BAMA program because I think that will be really helpful for students who are applying right now or who are still in the school right now to kind of consider it and learn more about it. Uh, Jason, what about you? What, what was Brandeis like for you when you were applying? Was it your top choice? Do you remember what your test scores and GPA were just to see if there's been any differences in terms of competitive, competitiveness into attending the school or applying the school? So I applied to college in a different era. So the era that the two of you applied to Brandeis and other schools in the last 10, 15 years uh, was a highly competitive era. Um, 
when I, and I, I only learn this as an educator because I teach this stuff now, but when I was applying to college uh, in the eighties and early nineties, uh, the United States had a 25% dropout rate across high school and only about 30% of students applied to and went to college. So it was a lot less competitive back then. So my scores were not as high as Kimmy's, uh, but they didn't need to be. Um, I know what my SAT score is. It was good enough for the schools I was applying to. Um, and my GPA was um, unweighted uh, in the three point somethings, which the highest was five, uh, was 4.0. And it was, again, good enough for the schools I was applying to. So that's enough I'll say about that because it doesn't really matter anymore. But what did matter was uh, Brandeis was not, in fact, my top choice school. Uh, a college in upstate New York called Hamilton College was my top choice. I grew up in New Jersey, and as I've mentioned many times on many different platforms, I'm Jewish, and I'm very proud of my, my, my background and my, and my community. Um, and so in the Jewish community, Brandeis is, is Harvard. Brandeis is Yale. Brandeis is Stanford. It's, it's the school. So I grew up with it as kind of background radiation. Everybody was asking about it. I didn't really have a choice in applying to it. I just was like, assume. It was just like it was just like it was assumed that I'd apply to college. Like, there's no not going to college when you finish high school in, in the community where I grew up. It was just like, what's wrong with you? Are you broken? Okay, you're not. So apply to college. How do you become a lawyer or a doctor if you don't go to college? Like, what's this, what's up with that? So it was completely natural for me to apply to college and completely natural for me to apply to Brandeis as one as one of my my schools. It was actually in my second tier. Uh, Hamilton was my top choice school, and two schools were in my second tier, uh, Brandeis and Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. And you might notice that each of these schools, Pittsburgh, upstate New York, Boston, is about a six-hour drive from New York, which was exactly my plan, to be just far enough away from home that my parents couldn't drop in on me unexpectedly, but close enough that in case I had an emergency, they could be there within a day. So the time I was walking through campus and I tripped and fell and hit my head and got a concussion, freshman year, yay, uh, my parents were able to come out and meet me at the hospital. Um, it was a beautiful gash. Um, it healed quite well. Thank you. Um, and because, you, you know, I'm bold enough that you'd be able to see it if it hadn't. Um, so, yeah, so that was my plan. And so those were my schools. And um, Hamilton waitlisted me, even though my grade point average and my uh, test scores were exactly on the 50th percentile for that school. That was, that was, I was hit the numbers exactly where I wanted them to be and they waitlisted me. And I got into Carnegie Mellon and Brandeis and the choice really was, and I had visited Hamilton and visited Carnegie Mellon and loved both campuses for different reasons, very different schools. I'd never visited Brandeis because I was like, ah, you know, it's going to be fine because they're all, you know, it's a bunch of Jewish people. So it'll be okay. It can't be that bad. That mm -hmm. was like the, my parents, like we actually visited Boston and visited other schools. We just feel like, yeah, it's Brandeis. It's all right. And so when I got in to Carnegie Mellon and Brandeis, the idea was, well, let me just see what financial aid offer they gave me. And um, Carnegie Mellon gave me a stingy financial aid offer. And Brandeis, based on my status as the National Merit Scholarship winner, gave me a 50% academic scholarship plus um, need-based aid so that 85% of my tuition was covered. I was like, well, that's not a choice. And so I decided on Brandeis. And then I showed up on campus and I was like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I like this. Whoo. It's not that bad. By the way, Kimmy, to, to, to share your pain, I also had an unnatural trip. We call it an unnatural triple back in the day. <laughs> I think you called it a forced triple. Well, in the, in the early nineties, you called it the unnatural triple. <laughs> so uh, I got there second and got the bed, but my two roommates really hit it off. And apparently they were besties for all four years, super sporty dudes. So about three months in, they're like, we want you to take the cot because he's staying and you're not. I was like, oh. so I was in the cot for about two weeks before I like had had enough complained to housing. And I got switched to a dorm in the same building, uh, a floor up with a, a a junior whose roommate had moved out off campus. And so I got a better room out of it for the rest of freshman year. But mm -hmm. that unnatural triple was horrible. So <laughs> I feel your pain. They are brutal. I think they try to call it a lofted triple now because one of the third bed is lofted, but I did, had never heard anyone except for like university officials actually call it that because it was just absolutely a forced triple. But <laughs> Forced triple sounds about right. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. So yeah, so anyway, uh, Brandis was tied for second for me, but I, I am really thrilled that I ended up there. Um, there's nothing wrong with Pittsburgh, but Boston is, is a better city. Let's be honest. I mean, Pittsburgh's okay. 
but Boston is Boston, you know, hub of the universe. So that was, there's a train station on campus. So I was in town, like my friends and I, eventually girlfriend and I, you know, we would be in town all the time because we would just walk over to the train station and take the, the commuter rail into town and go places and walk around or hang out, you know? So that was, it just ended up being the best thing yeah. for me. And I really just took it for granted because of the community in which I grew up. So that completely different thing of always hearing about it and then taking it for granted. I know you mentioned the commuter rail. Um, it's like right next to Brandeis. It's literally a five minute, not even walk away from the campus. But they also have shuttle services now, which is awesome. So it goes from like Thursday to Sunday, anywhere from like the morning all the way to two in the morning. Um, they basically drive you to Cambridge or to uh, Back Bay Newberry. Um, and it's free for Brandeis students. So they have those as an option. And they also just been, you know, trying to create more shuttle services, right. especially during the holiday seasons, like Thanksgiving to the airport. Um, I know that maybe they have one to all the way to New York as well, um, which is pretty, really nice for students, actually. That's a heck of a shuttle. We did have a shuttle service back in the day. Uh, it was, but it took you to Riverside uh, on the Green Line. Oh. So that was the other way we got that. We took the shuttle to Riverside and we take the Green Line in. So it was, uh, and there was another shuttle. Um, I forget where it went. I think it went to another college where for a short while they were sharing classes in the way that uh, Wellesley and MIT shared mm -hmm. classes, yeah. but it was a brief thing. And I don't think it was, it was a brief thing when I was there, but yeah, the big shuttle was to Riverside. And then of course, downtown Waltham for like the little yeah. shuttle bus, you know, you want to go to Moody street and hit up like any one of the amazing restaurants uh, on Moody street. Um, if back, back when you could go to restaurants. Right. You know, well, that's a good segue because I kind of wanted to ask, you know, I know that while uh, Brandeis is located in Waltham, which is just nine miles west of Boston. Um, but what is Waltham? Like, I, I feel like a lot of people don't really know about it unless they're from the area. Um, is it a safe environment? Um, you know, I know that you mentioned that there's some good restaurants around. Kimmy, do you want to talk about your experience, especially because you lived off campus too? Like, did you feel like you were safe living off campus um, and just being in the Waltham area in general? Yeah, I definitely felt safe. I mean, it's definitely one of the things where when you live in a more city environment, I wouldn't call Waltham like city city, but it's bigger than a town for sure. Um, you just ha you have to keep your head up, obviously, always, but I'd never felt really unsafe while I was going around there, um, like not more than anywhere you would normally. Um, what made me laugh a little bit was last year, Waltham was actually voted the number one place to live in Massachusetts which made me crack up because I had no idea that it was ranked like that. <laughs> um, but I really think it is because of the like amazing restaurants that are on Moody street and kind of the access to um, public transportation as well as, you know, the schools, there's some really nice housing areas in Waltham. Um, but yeah, the restaurants are definitely a really major bonus. What are some of your, like you or Jason, what are some of your like favorite restaurants from Moody street? And don't say that breakfast place in a pickle because we all know it's not that great. Oh no, in a pickle's off. In a pickle's been there. In a pickle, it has pickled, so it'll never die. But it was terrible back when I went to Brandeis. No, no, yeah, no. and it's still terrible now. <laughs> it's still overpriced. Like, go for it for the experience of doing it once, but definitely not more than once. Yeah, that's where you go if you want to get like something weird, like cookie dough pancakes. But I don't know. It's just pretty disgusting, in my opinion. But an amazing breakfast brunch place that um, my friends and I would go to literally whenever we could was called Joey Two's, which I don't even think is the full name, but that's what everybody Joseph called. Joseph Two's. Joseph Two's. Joey okay. Yeah. They have amazing brunch for, it's a pretty reasonable price and they have like really well done food. You get just ginormous portions. So you basically like don't eat anything before you go at all ever because <laughs> they give you so much food, but it's all delicious and such a good vibe. Um, that's definitely one of my favorite places. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of the places that I would, that I, we went to back in the day are still there. Like everything turns over restaurants turn over so much. And it's kind of sad because there were some really fun places. There was like, you know, a couple of dives we'd go to like this place called Mama Leone's, which was just like subs and pizza and, and, and soda and beer. Um, and there are these really like the first time I ever had Indian food was at this amazing like too expensive for for us but we, we'd save up and go type of restaurant it was an indian restaurant right on the far end of moody street um it was literally like halfway between brandeis and bentley 
college. So there was a lot of like Bentley students there too. Um, they could obviously as business students figure out a way to afford it better uh, than we Brandeis students. But anyway, uh, you would save up and we'd go there you know, if you had a date and you wanted to impress your date. Um, and a lot of really good restaurants. Uh, there was a tea house there for a couple of years. Uh, I know one time we went for a reunion and then a bunch of us uh, went to the tea house because you know they had all fun stuff. And so there's a lot of great restaurants. They're, they're always constantly changing. Good breakfast places, fancy restaurants, everything in between. Um, you know, I'm talking about what type of city Waltham is. And I would say Waltham is a city because it really reminded me of the city where I grew up in New Jersey, which was a suburb of New York, right across the river from Staten Island, a city called Elizabeth, where there's, you know, your really great part of town where all the nicer houses and green lawns are. And that's kind of the side of town where Brandeis is. Um, and then there's your downtown area where there's some sketchy apartment buildings. But I, I always, again, felt safe walking around Waltham. You know, it's not like I don't know. There's all this rumor about cities in the Northeast and how dangerous they are. And I guess that's kind of like, uh, like this myth about city living, especially in, in New England and the Northeast. And I don't know, I've never really felt unsafe in Boston or New York and Waltham is not Boston or New York. It's a very small city. It's, it's got two college campuses as their major industries um, and a big hospital. So it's a regular normal American city um, just a little bit closer together than in, you know, it's not in a suburban place where everyone's spread out. It's, you know, got a train station into Boston too, actually. And it's just a regular place. And, and the people are super nice. And I've always liked visiting Waltham and, um, I felt perfectly safe when I was a student there. And this was the late eighties, early nineties when, you know, life was a little bit more dangerous than it is now, you know, crime was a little bit worse and it's just, not that way anymore. And Waltham is very safe. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I felt, you know, pretty safe as a girl could feel at, you know, in a city, but not to scare the listeners, but during my four time, four years of being at Brandeis, there was two bomb threats, one shooting kind of thing, not actual fire, but like a armed shooter right above me in our dorm room. And uh, there was a stabbing. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> it's brand, it it's brand, so there are always bomb threats here's the thing about brandeis brandeis was founded by the secular jewish community post-world war ii mm-hmm. and it, it, it the student body to this day is around 65 percent jewish and i don't know what percentage the faculty is i'm sure it's above 50 percent mm-hmm. and as a jewish university in the united states it is always going to be the um recipient of threats of violence from people who hate jewish people yeah. Um, AKA jerks. Um, and nothing bad has ever happened. It's always these ridiculous threats and the city of Waltham, the state police in, in, in Massachusetts and, and federal authorities are very aware of Brandeis and, and they don't want anything bad to happen to us. Just like we don't want anything bad to happen to us. So it, I, I always felt like there were people who were taking care of us and, and things that were in place to prevent real violence. But you know, it's the world we live in. For sure. Somebody, somebody's going to hate Jewish people and, and those who are not Jewish who happen to hang out with us, you just got to be aware that there's always going to be a threat. Every couple of years, there's a bomb threat. Yeah. I mean, I definitely will say Brandeis did react very promptly and, you know, very appropriately with all these like cases. And I think that they're always prepared knowing that there may be a a risk um, just because of um, its affiliation with the Jewish community. But, you know, for me personally, not being Jewish, I never felt like excluded or anything like that. You know, Brandeis also has a really strong international community. And especially in the grad school, I know that they represent almost 91 different countries in terms of like students. Um, So it's a very inclusive school. um, And I think that's what I personally really liked about it. It is a little bit on the smaller side. So by the end of my four years, I felt like I did know at least my whole class, uh, which can be good or bad. (laughs) Um, But I know that we kind of mentioned briefly about like, you know, seeing Bentley students and that there are a lot of surrounding colleges nearby. I wanted to talk a bit more about like what the Brandeis culture is like in terms of like school spirit. Were there any like were there any school spirit? What was the sport culture like? Is there Greek life? Um, let's let's talk about Jason's experience sure. first, and then we'll talk about Kimmy's. Sure. So I don't know if it's still true, but when I went to Brandeis uh, back in ninety to ninety four, um, Greek life, sororities, fraternities, etc., were outlawed. There were a handful of illegal um, 
fraternities and sororities on campus. In fact, my wife belonged to a sorority on cam- well, off campus. Um, and they were the three major uh, fraternities that were founded by Jewish people and were are primarily Jewish, uh, including the one that Adam Sandler was a member of back, uh, in University of Miami back in the day, and uh, the two sororities that are primarily Jewish nationally. So they had a presence on campus, even though they were not technically legal. Uh, and the reasoning was that given at the time was that there were no organizations allowed on campus that were exclusionary. So since you have to apply to a sorority and rush it, and then you could get turned down or fraternity, that's why they were excluded. Um, so there was a lot of pride on campus. I mean, the, but the pride is not necessarily sports related. Uh, there was an old joke on campus. I'm sure it's still the same joke that uh, Brandeis used to have a football team. And in 1963, they had their one and only winning season. So the school promptly canceled football because they should go out on a high note, really. And since then, the homecoming game was a soccer game, which is great. I love soccer, but, you know, it's not the same thing. Um, They built this huge gymnasium when I was there, um, this sports center. And they built it primarily because the Celtics paid for it so that Celtics could practice there. They were there for three years and then they moved somewhere else. But hey... You know, the, the Celtics paid for it. So at least, you know, we didn't waste a lot of money on sports that we're not going to use. Um, so, I mean, that's where they have graduation when I was there is, is in the sports center. Um, so it's not so pride on campus is not centered around sports. Pride on campus when I was there was centered around civic uh, responsibility, civic duty. The biggest club on campus was the Waltham Group, which was a um, organization at the time. And I hope it's still there that that volunteered to help the poor in Waltham and surrounding communities. That was the number one group on campus. Theater and and, and music was huge on campus. And there was a lot of pride around that. Um, when I was there, a show I was in in the department, uh, the theater department called Assassins by Stephen Sondheim went to the American College Theater Festival and it was a big deal. Um, and protests on campus, there was huge protests against the Gulf War in 1991 and uh, huge protests against Islamophobia when I was a student there back in the day. And, you know, protests on behalf of civil rights and the black community on campus. That was where civic life centered because the school is named after the first Jewish Supreme Court justice, the Supreme Court justice, Louis Brandeis, who instituted the, the concept of the right to privacy as an American right in the 19 teens. And that was the thing that, you know, centered our, our, our pride was around civic duty. When I was a student there, I was a history major, as I said, and two of our history professors ended up being advisors to President Bill Clinton, and that, they were rock stars on campus. You know, they were, they were rock stars. It was like, oh my gosh, these are advisors to the president. Like, that was more important. They, they, won, they won the Super Bowl, so far as we were concerned. It was more important than any sports victory. Um, so that's what campus life was for me, was centered around uh, activism, protest, celebration of the arts, um, celebration of diversity, um, big parties on campus for uh, Diwali or Diwali, depending on how you pronounce it, which is a Hindu celebration, huge Indian American student organization on campus when I was there. And the president was one of my, uh, was on the same dorm floor with me. And so we all got invited and it was, uh such good food and the big party and everyone's like yay and you know because it was like oh good it's like it's like hindu hanukkah yay you know they light candles and serve a lot of food and it's like okay so we get it so you know now we're communicating because we're sharing a meal so that was it for me um that was what it was about it was not about sports or things like that it was about like connecting on a civic and and social and moral level yeah i would say that it's largely the same so Brandeis is definitely like very social justice driven, I would say as a student body, um, which sometimes is amazing. And sometimes I think it's a little bit funny, just the way that students and the school administration sometimes clash when they have differences of opinions on, you know, what's going on in the world. But um, I would say that I would agree that it's still very social justice driven. Um, With regard to Greek life, one of the reasons I actually liked Brandeis was because it didn't have Greek life when I was applying. Um, so I like purposely looked at that as a selling point. And then the funny thing was that as soon as I arrived on campus, Brandeis now still has these technically off-campus um, sororities and fraternities. And I ended up joining one like pretty much the first month of freshman year um, and stayed in it all throughout my four years of undergrad and had a great experience. Um, it was wonderful. I would definitely say that if you like I feel like there's a it's an interesting culture mix at Brandeis in terms of 
people who are tend to be very social, like like to like go out a little bit more, typically end up joining Greek life, although some don't. And then there's a separate community that's like, I wouldn't even say separate, they're still mixed, but another community that doesn't join that at all and is more kind of that like civic engagement that you were talking about earlier. Um, so it's definitely a mix on campus. There's still not much sport culture at all. <laughs> um, so sometimes occasionally people would go to games, um, but even like when like our soccer teams tended to be pretty good while we were there and they would make it to the final four and stuff. And still not many people would end up going to the games. <laughs> but, and I like love soccer personally. I've, I've played it my entire life and still like most people don't go to the games. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting mix, but I feel like you can find people at Brandeis with, for whatever you're looking for, it's typically there. There's like a lot of different communities at Brandeis, but they all like melt together pretty well. Um, but I would definitely say if you're looking for a big party school, it's probably not the <laughs> school for you. <laughs> so there's a funny story um, about not being a party school. Brandeis is definitely not a party school. It's never been a party school. It is nerd central and that's one of the best things about it. Um, a lot of people going on to graduate programs and into academia, but there are teen magazines that exist like 17 and things like that. And I don't know if you've ever read them. I did not as, as a, as a teenager, I was into sports illustrated actually. Um, but there was a teen magazine called sassy back in the day. And, uh, one year they ran an article on a well, an article basically criticizing schools for not allowing parties and not allowing Greek life. And they called it the unsassy list because it's <laughs> the opposite of being sassy. And Brandeis was ranked number one as unsassiest college in America <laughs> as the least party school, nerdiest school in the country. And can I tell you the, the campus newspaper, the justice ran it as a headline and there people were cheering when, the, when that newspaper came out that we were unsassiest. If there was Facebook and Twitter back then, everybody's header would have said, I'm unsassy because we were just like, yeah, we're unsassy. We're smart and not party-ish it was it was so ridiculous and silly this how all of a sudden we were the unsassiest college in america and everybody was super proud of it but i do want to ask you one question kimmy what, what's the sorority you were in maybe my wife is in the same sorority i was in a sigma delta ta sigma delta ta. i don't remember what it's called but i'm going to ask her i don't think it's the, that same one but i'll yeah. ask her later um, why that or D -E, what it's probably either that or defy yeah. That was there, What's the other one? DeFi. Oh yeah. There's a few more um, organizations on campus now for Greek life. I think mm. maybe like five or six sororities and about the same for fraternities. Yeah, there were three fraternities and two sororities back in the day. The yeah. Zany Bagel Tasters, Beta <laughs> Beta Tau, um, AE Pi, oh, and yeah. then Sammy. Uh, Sigma yeah, Alpha Mu. Yeah. Those yeah. are the three big ones that were back then, and I believe I believe um, uh, Adam Sandler was a was a Sammy at University yeah. of Miami, and so every because he was on Saturday Night Live then, and so the Sammies would always like have a big party when uh, on Saturday nights <laughs> to, cool. to celebrate to watch the show together and then have a big party. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of clubs and organizations, I said this at the beginning, but there, Brandeis has over 200 clubs and organizations, anywhere from Waltham Group, like Jason mentioned, which is a very much a volunteer group um, where you kind of dedicate some time to go help out the community um, of Waltham or Greater Boston, um, anywhere to like baking class or photography group or anything like that. So there's definitely a huge variety of clubs and organizations you can join, and you can join multiple. You can just sign up for their listserv and join their you know, attend their classes or attend their like meetings whenever you want, which I think it's really great about Brandeis. Um, one question that I wanted to ask was, I know that both of you guys have graduated from undergrad, obviously. How do you feel like Brandeis has helped you in terms of advancing your career or helping you prepare for the real world, as they say? Um, have you taken advantage of their career center? Do you find it to be helpful? I at all because I know some students don't know that they exist at universities and some students really like to take advantage of it so what was what were your personal experiences with it um I can start but so undergraduate our career center is called Hyatt Career Center um and it's actually ranked I found this out pretty recently too but it's apparently ranked nationally very high as one of like a very successful career center um I sometimes took advantage of their resources and sometimes did not um, I definitely know students that did more so than I 
did, but definitely if you go to them, they make a big effort to put on events that are very helpful for students and networking opportunities. Um, the ones that I did partake in were awesome. Um, just to give like a quick example, I went on a trek my junior year, I believe, to New York. Then they took like a group of maybe 20 students and we went about to a bunch of the banks. Um, as I mentioned, I'm studying economics and finance. So we went to like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan and Deloitte, uh, or not Deloitte, excuse me, Deutsche Bank. Um, and a few others were there as well. And just like networked with alumni there, which is an amazing opportunity and really great to get kind of like an inside scoop there. But they do that sort of thing in a bunch of different fields and they try and really support students in terms of whatever they need, resume help, just general career path advice, stuff like that. Um, but what I would say is that now being in the master's program at the business school, the career center at the business school is incredible. They are amazing. I, I always thought Hyo was good, but the career center at the business school is phenomenal. And I am biased. I do work there, <laughs> um, but they really do a fantastic job creating amazing resources for their students. And typically what I like about the career centers at Brandeis and all the graduate schools as well is that they share a lot of resources and try to put on joint events so that they're helping undergraduate and graduate students at the same time. Um, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> so the Hyatt Career Center uh, has been amazing for a long time. Um, the funny thing is, is I always get dragged to events and, and webinars and, and, and have been since I, I, I was a student at Brandeis by my girlfriend, fiance, now wife. Um, she always participates in things there. And actually my first job out of Brandeis is because she dragged me to some event where we looked at all of these listings in a binder. And I found a job at a college in Massachusetts uh, that I ended up applying to and it was a job in student life. And that was my first job out of college. And it was because my girlfriend at the time, now wife, dragged me to some event at the Hyatt Career Center. Um, yeah, I've used the Hyatt Career Center off and on. Um, you know, anytime I'm like in between jobs or moving and looking for stuff, it's a great resource. And it, it is nationally ranked as one of the best college resources available because they do such an amazing job and they really care about the students. And uh, full disclosure, I've never worked for them. <laughs> I, I never had anything to do with that. Uh, I did have jobs on campus, not at the Hyatt. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the thing for me is my initial, I came into Brandeis thinking I was going to be uh, pre-law. And that was like for the first, for freshman year, I was, I was technically pre-law and that quickly fizzled away. Uh, my interest was in history, not being a lawyer. And my interest was in the performance of, of law, like uh, what, trial law was interesting to me, but not the actual law part, the trial part. Uh, so I was like, oh, we got to just do this whole theater and film thing. So the, the work I did on campus in theater and film absolutely prepared me for um, grad school. And even now doing the things I do with teaching and with doing uh, webinars and, and podcasts, comes from starting out in that theater world uh, in high school and at Brandeis. And I think my history major, because I didn't pick a concentration because I wasn't trying to go into academia for history. I just love the study of history, uh, has helped me be a good history teacher. Um, so I'm able to teach a lot of different things. But I just think that what Brandeis did really well was balance out the exploration of whatever I wanted to do with a foundation in the core courses um, I'm not a super sciencey person, but you know, I had to take a science class on campus and I had to take a math class on campus and do those basics so that I, I, I was prepared to handle whatever came in my direction. Um, you know, the, the, the even freshman writing class was useful in getting started in learning how to communicate through writing. So I feel really strongly about the balance between a traditional college education and then the freedom to pick your major and, and, and mix and match majors and minors. Um, uh, what I like about Brandeis is their structure, but their structure that you can work around and play with. It's not rigid um, in that there's only a certain number of things you can do. So I do feel like it prepared me for the future. Um, and, but, but gave me the opportunity to pick what I wanted to do with my life. Definitely. It sounds like from just both of your experiences, you know, you had that flexibility to kind of explore new interests and new subject areas and take those classes. Um, so I'm really glad to hear that 
in terms of like, you know, before we kind of end this podcast, I know we kind of spoke pretty highly of Brandeis so far and, you know, spoke about some great things of rumors and stuff like that. But what is definitely something that you did not like about Brandeis or something you wish was a bit different about your Brandeis experience? Because I'm sure that, you know, there were some moments while you were attending Brandeis where you're like, oh, darn, I wish the rap steps didn't exist. Um, but maybe something a bit more you know, beyond that, was there anything that you didn't particularly like about Brandeis? Jason, you can go up first. Sure. I'm going to disappoint you, uh, Ashley, and, and I'm glad to do so. I <laughs> did not really have any negative experiences there. Oh, um, I'm not shy about saying this, but my my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and I um, literally were, were, were weeping uncontrollably at graduation Aww. because we didn't want to leave. Um, we, we wanted to continue. We wanted, we, we were fig- trying to figure out a way to stay and we're like, no, we, we've got to go. We've got to move on with our lives. But yeah, I had a really amazing experience. I, I mean, there were noisy neighbors and, you know, odd experiences with, you know, sweet living in, in the, in the, in the dorms, um, you know, where you have one of your sweet mates and you don't get along and like minor, minor little, like normal human living stuff. But I really loved all of my classes. Um, I loved my majors. I loved my professors. It wasn't a professor I didn't get along with. There wasn't, an ex- I mean, climbing the rab steps, but then of course, you know, as soon as you're doing, you know, this is going to make a great story in 20 years, uh, running, you know, walking across campus, the big statue of, of, of Brandeis himself there, old Louie and, you know, eating in the, in the cafeteria. And there are people who complain about the cafeteria. I was like, eh, I ate on the kosher side. So I know the food was a little better, you know, um, you know, it's Sherman hall, which, you know, I just, I also went in there, went into, into Brandeis knowing it was a community where I was going to feel comfortable. And, um, like a lot of people don't realize this because, uh, only about 2% of the American population is Jewish. And while not the other 98% is Christian, a large majority of Americans are Christian everywhere I go, there are churches everywhere I go, there are crosses. And one of the most amazing experiences I had was I didn't realize this until I was on campus at Brandeis and there weren't crosses everywhere. And I, and, and, and everyone around me for the first time, I was part of a majority. I was one of the majority of Jewish people on campus and that weight that was lifted off my shoulders. I just felt so at home and comfortable and it, it, amongst even people I didn't know, they were my friends and family. Like every new person I met was another friend, another family member, because they were part of my community. And I know sometimes Brandeis can be a little challenging to non-Jewish people. I know that because I've had, I have several friends even to this day who, who are not Jewish, who found Brandeis a little, like, it's like if you always live in your environment and then you go to another environment where no one looks like you. And that's, un- and for, for some Americans who are used to being in the majority, that is a tough feeling. Um, I found that the uh, the international students, the Asian American students, the Indian American students didn't have that feeling. The black students on campus, they already knew what it was like to feel like a minority. And this was just a different community where they were a minority. But for some ki- folks, it was a really hard feeling to, to feel like a minority for once. And I understand that and I respect that. So I understand that some folks might have had a tougher time. And it's not that I, I never saw anybody transfer out of Brandeis. We did. We saw that. But it was mostly people who were not expecting to feel that, that way. Um, the school was too Jewish for them, to be honest. And I get that. Uh, but I felt an immense sense of relief and comfort on campus. I loved my time there. I will say it again. I literally cried my eyeballs out. Like unabashedly, like like end of Fellowship of the Ring where Frodo and and Sam are going off on the boat and the rest of them are getting left behind, like weeping <laughs> at graduation. Um, it also didn't help that the speaker was super boring. We didn't get Harry Belafonte or Barbara Streisand. <laughs> that was the year before and after. No, we got the really boring uh, Israeli ambassador to the US who droned through an hour speech. So that <laughs> helped. I also was crying because of that. I was like, I wanted Harry Belafonte. He led the entire graduating class in 93 in, a, in J.O. And, 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 and all these other songs. <laughs> like three years later, they had Spielberg. I'm like, why did we get the boring guy? They got Streisand, Spielberg, and Belafonte in the years around us. So that also helped with the crying. But yeah, I did weep at graduation because I didn't want to leave. I, yeah, I'm coming from a little bit of a different angle. I would say that I had a very like, 
I like we joke about like love hate relationships. So I think I had a love hate relationship with Brandeis. Um, and just to like comment on your point about um, like the inclusivity and like whether or not you're Jewish making a difference too. Like I personally am not Jewish and I like did feel like it was a different environment than I grew up in, but um, I really appreciated for the most part, like how open and inclusive the majority of the community is. And I think that's something that like colleges like across the country are working on too right now to become more inclusive. And, you know, Brandeis definitely has room to grow, but I think they do like make an effort, but I do, I do think they still have room to grow on being inclusive to all communities. Um, but yeah, I, I never felt like unwelcome on campus though either, um, even though I'm not Jewish. Um, but yeah, I will say that I had a love-hate relationship with Brandeis. I definitely thought about transferring my sophomore year in the beginning. I like came pretty close to transferring, but I will say that the reason I didn't, and I actually like convinced myself like not even to apply to transfer, even though I thought about it a lot, um, because I really thought about kind of what I had at Brandeis and what I would get at other schools. And the thing is that I ended up really thinking about, and maybe I should go into a little bit like why I was thinking about transferring. I am a super social person. So when we were talking about earlier, like if it's, if you're looking to like party at all, it's definitely not the school for you. I definitely am not like a, like the classic, like party person, like college person, but I'm very social. So sometimes I felt like that aspect was lacking a little bit, which is part of why I did join um, Greek life. But what I ended up, why I ended up not transferring was because I really felt that the combination of the friends that I did make at Brandeis were incredible people, like really just amazing individuals who like were very open to new experiences, all came from pretty different backgrounds. I really just appreciated the people that I did meet and become really close with. Um, the professors are honestly incredible. They are really passionate. Students tend to really love their classes and be really into what they're learning obviously you have the class here and there that everyone's like oh this is terrible but that's going to happen no matter what school you go to but I really felt that the people I met the professors I had and then again that like open curriculum that we were talking about that's something that I would not have been able to get at another school um, even though like there are other liberal arts schools just the way that Brandeis did have such an open structure and allow students to take classes in literally every discipline was really something that I needed and valued. And so that's why it ended up not transferring from Brandeis. But I would say that like that social aspect was like something that definitely made me think about leaving. But in the end, I'm glad that I didn't because I think that I did genuinely have a really amazing time with the people that I did meet. So I think that even if like you are looking for that type of community, you can find your people no matter what school you go to, which just sometimes takes a little bit more time. Um, but yeah, I think that's... Kind of where I am. And the food wasn't great, but you know, that happens yeah, at I was gonna most say. colleges. And yeah, we, uh, yeah the, food, the food is always a problem in, yeah. in college. I've never been to a college as a student, taught at a college, or worked at a college uh, on staff, or even visited a college where the food wasn't um, prison quality. Uh, but again, like I said, I, I, it's one of the reasons, even though I'm not a particularly a religious or observant Jewish person, I chose to eat on the kosher side because I knew they had to take extra time and care with it. And it was mm -hmm. minutely better. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I think is, I mean, because Brandeis is not a super, it's not a party school and it's not, um, not one of those. I mean, it is social because, you know, there are people. So, it's, of course, it's social. But I get what you're saying about that. And I think one of the reasons why I felt um, socially satisfied uh, is because of all the time I spent in the theater department. And theater people are just super social and, and chatty. And we would just hang out in the green room, whether in the main building or in, or in Ford Hall. Um, and we would just, like, do crazy stuff. Like, we'd just, like, hang out and talk nonsense and, and, and recite the the all the lines to the princess bride at each other, you know, <laughs> crazy, fun, silly college stuff like that. And those are the memories I have there just hanging out with, with like-minded people. I always tell this to, to students I work with at the high school level that public school is an accident of geography. So the friends you make in public school are the friends you make because you live near them. And you grow up with them and you have similar experiences, but you might not have similar interests. When you go to college, wherever you go, um, you're making a selection about what you're interested in, what you want to study, the type of environment you want to be in, the type of community and culture you want to participate in. And then you're 
finding other people who made the same choices. So now you're finding like-minded people. And that's the great joy of going to college is finding your fellow finance majors or your fellow theater majors or your fellow you know, Italian majors or your fellow biochem majors. Oh my God, all the, all the COSI people I knew at Brandeis back in the day, and we're talking like ancient computers, they still, I still see them on the internet. They are all still hanging out, talking smack about operating systems at each other <laughs> 25 years later. It's the same group of people. Instead of yelling at each other across the suite, now they're yelling at each other across Twitter and loving every moment of that argument. So yeah, that's what it's about for me. Yeah. Funnily, I actually didn't find that I most closely aligned with, and maybe it's just because I did take so many classes in so many different areas, but I didn't actually end up finding that most of my friends came from any one major, but more that like we became friends through like different club interactions or just mutual friends on campus. Like there was a lot of connections that way. Um, yes, definitely some through Greek life um, or just like happy accidents where you met somebody and mm -hmm. like through someone else that you knew. Yeah. Um, I did think that was like super interesting um, that not everybody in like my close circle and a lot of my friends as well, like in their close circles, didn't just become friends with like people in their majors, which I thought was really cool. The exception mm -hmm. I would say is if you're pre-med, they definitely bond super hard because they're taking a lot of the same oh classes that kick your butt. Like pre-med is like two majors. It really is. And mm -hmm. it's insane. It's like 16 classes. No, I yeah. know what you're saying because I am friends with a lot of cosine majors and math majors at Brandeis who I'm still friends with, who we became friends with through the sci-fi club and the comic book club and the, and the gaming club. We did a lot of board gaming. So here's serious Brandeis nerdery. The common room in the castle every Saturday night Seven o'clock, Star Trek, The Next Generation, new episode. Eight o'clock, new episode of Star Trek, Deep Space Nine. And then from nine on, nine o'clock is the run down the Chumleys to get all the ice cream and cookies and sodas. You come back up, the board games come out. And then we'd be board gaming until three, four in the morning. <laughs> that is a Brandeis party right there. Ice cream, soda, and half a dozen board games after two hours of Star Trek. So that was Saturday night for pretty much my sophomore, junior, and senior years. Oh, yeah. All that, was, that was the good stuff. <laughs> All right. So unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up the podcast. Before we do so, I, I want to give both Kim and Jason an opportunity to give some advice back to either the current students at Brandeis or um, the students in high school who are listening to this podcast and kind of figuring out you know, how to apply to colleges and whether Brandeis is the right fit for them. So if you guys could like give you know just one or two sentences of advice um, just to kind of end the podcast. Uh, Jason, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, like any place, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And I think uh, at Brandeis, the thing that most excited me about there was meeting new and different people. Um, I, I played cricket at Brandeis once with the Indian American students. I, I had, and, and went to their Diwali celebration. I, I went to holiday celebrations for all different communities and cultures. The International Center was so valuable. And so the more you put yourself out there and try different things and meet new people, um, the more you're gonna get out of it, it, it. You can get a good education anywhere. Yes, Brandeis has amazing professors to Kimmy's point. And I completely agree. Some of them are just geniuses. And you're, I, I, I'm still in awe of some of them uh, that, I, that I worked with. but. You can get a good education anywhere. And it's, so it's about the community and the culture you want to be a part of. And so a diverse, passionate community uh, that's going to expose you to different ideas and concepts and culture, that's what Brandeis has to offer that I think has benefited me the most. I would say that when you're looking to apply to colleges and trying to decide where you want to go, um, one, don't stress, which is such like a... <laughs> tough thing to say because it's really hard not to stress because it is a pretty big decision and it feels like your entire life decision but the thing that I would say is that again like I agree that it is like what you put into it is what you get out of it um and I'd also say that you can pretty much always find your people and if you can't it's okay you can transfer I don't think people say that enough that you know if you're not having like a good time of it and you're really trying that you can switch schools. Like people do it all the time and have great experiences from doing that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what I would say is that when you are looking at colleges, 
definitely one of the things that I found very helpful was visiting the campuses if you can or reaching out to students that are currently there and definitely make sure to reach out to more than one student because students have very different experiences on the same college campus. But you can even hear that Jason and I have very different experiences at Brandeis and we went to the same school. Um, so definitely reach out to students and hear from a firsthand perspective what their experience is like. And don't just do the students that work for admissions, <laughs> you know, like really get to know different students on campus, hear from them, ask them the questions that you really want to ask them. Um, and they'll give you an honest answer. And that's like a really good way to tell what the culture of the school is like and whether it's something that you vibe with or you don't. And if you don't vibe with it, it's okay. There are tons of schools out there. You'll have a great time wherever you go. That's great. All right. Well, thank you both so much for being on this podcast. Everything that you gave and spoke about has been very, very helpful and valuable. Uh, I just want to take a moment to thank all of our listeners. Uh, Make sure you subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. Please remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn, and also leave a comment about what other universities or colleges you like to learn or hear more about. And we'll see you soon. Mm